Welcome to Charlotte Mason Motherhood, the podcast that helps the everyday mother learn a practical application of the Charlotte Mason method. Today we are discussing Charlotte Mason's third principle. Before we get started, I would encourage you to take a screenshot of your device that you're using to listen to this and post it on um, any social media, Instagram, Facebook, whatever you use, if you use social media. I would love to try and get the word out about this podcast as I do plan to make a lot more episodes this summer before I have a baby in August. So if you don't mind sharing to spread the word and help um, new mothers that are new to homeschooling or new to Charlotte Mason find our podcast, I would be ever so grateful. Today we're discussing Charlotte Mason's third principle of the 20 principles. If you haven't already, be sure to go listen to my first few episodes where I go over principles one and two. I also recorded an episode titled, Why Use the Charlotte Mason Method? And this was my first episode, and I feel like it's a really good um, culmination of why families are so drawn to the Charlotte Mason philosophy and why they um, apply her principles in their homes. And it's all the reasons we use Charlotte Mason. So to get started, um, we are going to discuss principle number three, like I mentioned. And these are of the 20 principles that are written in her book, A Philosophy of Education. That is volume six. And this principle states, the principles of authority on the one hand and of obedience on the other are natural, necessary, and fundamental. So the, the word authority sometimes elicits a strong emotional response. The same could be said for the word obedience. But in her sixth volume, Charlotte Mason begins her chapter on authority by stating that every society requires order. She writes that order is heaven's first law, and order is the outcome of authority. Without order, there would be simply chaos. And without order, we wouldn't have obedience. I could probably talk for hours on the importance of teaching our children obedience and how now more than ever, our society is actually trending towards letting our children go their own way, as I'm sure you've heard. You may be familiar with the popular phrase, you do you, at least, you know, me being a 30-something, I still remember hearing that often, but it doesn't work for children who need guidance and support. Mason writes that children must learn obedience, and guess whose job it is to teach it. So why should we as parents teach obedience? It seems rather obvious, but aside from the world having order and us needing to learn obedience in order to submit to authority, children also need to know that when a mother teacher asks them to do something, say a lesson in their homeschool, like arithmetic, reading a passage, that they need to deliver, and it is their duty to do that thing which they've been asked. It seems obvious, right? But I've actually had several new homeschooling families ask me, how do you get your children to sit down and do lessons every day at the same time? What's your secret? My answer, well, it has two parts, actually. Obedience on the one hand, and it has to be taught again, and enthusiasm from the parent on the other. But our children have to know that we mean what we say. Mason reminds us of the feast that we as mother teachers will want to provide when we sit down to do lessons. She says, 
Our chief concern for the mind or for the body is to supply a well-ordered table with abundant, appetizing, nourishing, and varied food, which children deal with in their own way and for themselves. I love that she mentions this because it is one of the keys to getting our children to sit down and feel engaged. And she talks a little bit more about this in her fourth principle, um, the sacredness of the person and how when we sit down to teach our children, we want to appeal to their desire for knowledge. And um, I talked a lot about the children as a born person in my second episode. So you can go check that out because principles one and four really go hand in hand. But um, something I've noticed about Charlotte Mason's work is that she does repeat herself often. And one of the things she constantly reminds us of as mothers and as teachers is that the child is a person that we need to appeal to and has a natural desire for knowledge and this natural desire for knowledge is what we are trying to tap into as mothers but back to principle number three um, authority and obedience again very scary buzzwords but i'm going to break it down for you in just a few simple tips that may help assist you when you are trying to teach your children that the world does have order and that it does necessitate authority and that you as the parent and the teacher require authority. Um, Now don't mistake this for authoritarian, because if it were an authoritarian parenting style or teaching style, that would require high demands and a low response from the leader or the parent. And that is not what we are saying. In fact, my first um, like application tip that I'm going to give you is that adults have to answer to authority too. And Mason mentions this in her book, A Philosophy of Education. She says, The sense of must should be present with children. Our mistake is to act in such a way that they only seem to be law-compelled while their elders do as they please. My daughter has actually said this to me before. She said, It would be fun to be a mommy or a daddy because mommies can eat however much ice cream they want. To which I replied that I have to listen to my own stomach, and if I were to eat an entire tub of ice cream, I would probably feel sick, so I too have my limits. But Charlotte Mason is sure to explain in her book that adults have a responsibility to submit to the ultimate authority. She mentions that like children, parents see that he too must do the things that he ought And therefore, that regulations are not made for his convenience. And then she says, I'm assuming that everyone entrusted with the bringing up of children recognizes the supreme authority to whom we are subject. And she goes on to say that without this recognition, I do not see how it is possible to establish the nice relation which should exist between teacher and taught. Our duty is to follow the commands of God. He is the one that has entrusted these children into our hands. It says in 2 John 1, 6, in the Bible, of course, This is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. And we have a responsibility to follow our Savior, to follow God's rules and commands for us. And we have to submit to his authority just like our children will someday too. But we are serving as that 
that trainer, that guide, that philosopher, that friend to teach our children how to exist in the world we're in now and how to submit to the ultimate authority just like we are. So it actually takes a lot of pressure off of us as parents and I've had to say this to my daughters before. We can say to our children, well, you have to obey because I have to obey. <laughs> if they ask you why, why do I have to obey? Well, I have to obey too as the mother. The Bible instructs me to. It really is so simple when you frame it that way for them. And usually no further explanation is needed after that. So next, we must take care to teach the habit of attention. I'll cover this more when we discuss habit training in future seasons. But Mason defines attention as the power to concentrate. And that will be beneficial when we ask a child to sit down to a lesson rather than play with their toys. How do we get them to stay with us for the duration of the lesson or the timetable? Mason states, our part is to regard attention too as an appetite and to feed it with the best we have in books and in all knowledge. Remember, she really does drive this point home in almost every chapter of most of her work. So uh, this brings up our third tip for application, and that is not to spoon feed or water down the material or the books that you are using for your children. Use unabridged versions whenever possible. Do not repeat readings. She says in her book, subject matter should not be repeated. This is in chapter four, by the way, on authority and docility, which is obedience. A great example of this would be the Pilgrim's Progress series. We read this for our Sunday reading every single week along with the book Parables from Nature. Both of these books require full attention from my children and the language used to, used to make my head spin. However, I found that with small bite-sized readings, my children, though only five and seven, enjoy those books immensely. They not only understand the Old English that the original Pilgrim's Progress is written in, but they can comprehend the story and their narrations surprise me every single week. Especially when my youngest daughter, who was just four when we started it, and she found the story itself so captivating that she didn't mind the thous and thighs. I often reflect upon how I almost picked up the easier version, Little Pilgrim's Progress, and feel relief that I chose to stick with the more difficult original version. I love what Charlotte Mason says about this. She says, educated mothers know that their children can read anything and do not offer explanations unless they are asked for them. So we've talked through what obedience and authority are. We've discussed how they look for us as mother teachers. We've addressed that we are all subject to authority, the ultimate authority. We know that if we want our children to learn obedience, we must keep our lessons engaging, full of living books, rich in language that interests and challenges them. And lastly, fostering the habit of attention is a wonderful avenue for establishing this principle in our homes. I hope that today's episode has offered you a greater understanding of the third principle. Join us next time to discuss another one of Charlotte Mason's educational principles, the atmosphere. One of the hallmarks of a Charlotte Mason education is narration, the act of knowing and telling back. At the end of each episode, I ask that you either write down or tell a friend 
your mom, your husband, whomever, about what you learned from today's podcast. You can also share on Instagram and tag me so I can read your narration. It is my hope and prayer that whatever you gathered from today's episode blesses you and your family. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Thank you.